1: Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. You put on our rundown that it's episode eighty-four. I think this is episode eighty-five. Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. The last one posted was. I don't know, obviously, we can start over, but no, I mean, no, it's all good. I I was going to tell you that. I was just going to shame yeah. you. Um, okay, maybe you're right. Ha! I guess I'm wrong. Suck it, Jared. I thought that it was number eighty-five for some reason. <laughs> I was singing that yesterday. Chris and I were doing something. I this said is our
0: Randy Moss pod.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, stands and Fits presented, as always, by the uh, professional NBA program at the Ivy College Business at Iowa State. Just a reminder, too, the 2019-20 Iowa State basketball season is just around the corner. And as we do annually, join the Cyclone Fanatic staff and others for a family-friendly tip-off party featuring our very special guests. This year's Cyclone Fanatic Hoops tip-off party will take place on Thursday, October 17th at 7 p.m. at the district venue, which is directly connected to Whiskey River in Ankeny. Don't miss out on this chance to get the inside scoop on this year's team from our special guests. Take pictures, get autographs, and more at 7 p.m. on Thursday, October 17th at the District Venue, which is directly connected to Whiskey River in Ankeny.
0: Always a good time. I love the District. It's a good venue for these tip-off parties.
1: It is. It's uh. It's always fun, too. Just that entire party is fun. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes and, you know, gets excited to see the special guests. Mm-hmm. The special guests really enjoy coming to see everybody. It should be a fun time.
0: Do you know, is this like the, what, how many years have you been doing the tip-off party now? Do you even know? Like 10. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot. You'd have to ask Chris It, seem, it seems
0: like yesterday, but at the same time, I know that it's been a few years at this point.
1: Yeah. Uh, like I said, you'd have to ask Chris. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the, I think this is the third different place that we've done it since I've been Oh, really? doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had it at Thunderhead yep. a couple times and then we had it at. The cake stand Yep. back in the day. I think that's probably where it kind of originated. But no, the district venue is, I think, our, is our best venue that we've done it in so yep. far. It just w- works out really well.
0: Unfortunately, if I were to ask Chris right now, um, he'd probably have to tell me through some tears after what are happening to his Braves at the moment.
1: Well, I texted him because I needed him to do something for me. And he said that he would do it within the hour because he's going to go back and start working again. Right now he's working on a craft with, craft with Cameron. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't think that he's watching the game anymore.
0: <laughs> That's probably a good thing for his own mental health.
1: Yeah, eleven to zero right now in the second inning. I I heard that it was ten to zero because uh, I wasn't watching to to yeah. the start of the game. I was doing something else. Yeah, and I heard that it was ten to zero, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it, it almost it sounds like a recipe for disaster, though.
0: Y- yeah, it's the kind of thing where it's gonna get Cardinals fans all pumped up, and admittedly, I'm I'm psyched, um, but at the same time. Like all this good voodoo, hopefully doesn't turn south. Yeah. If they go on, end up winning the game and then go on to the NLCS.
1: Or even just later in the game. Yeah. Like to be up 10-0. Well, what and they're still, what well they'll do is they'll, like
0: six innings left. They'll pull Flaherty out and then the bullpen will go in and just crap the bed everywhere. Probably watch that end up what being what happens.
1: Yeah. I guess we'll see. I don't know. I, I haven't watched enough baseball. I think the, I think game one was the first full baseball game I'd watched this entire year.
0: Mm-hmm. So are you, are you going to wait until like the, the world series game seven is that the kind of baseball fan you are?
1: No, if they I'll probably watch them in the, I'd watch them in the championship series. Mm. I don't know. I just, I got it, a lot yeah. of other stuff going on to where <laughs> when, when it's like be, playoff baseball time at night, I'm like, yeah, what? there's, there's not, there's a lot of things I'd rather do than sit and watch baseball right now. Fair enough.
0: I mean, I guess, I guess it is cycling football season or something like that.
1: Yeah. I've got plenty of other things.
0: Your job may have something to, to do with that.
1: Yeah. Plenty of other things to do. Iowa State, you mentioned Iowa State football coming off of a 49-24 win over uh, the TCU Horned Frogs on Saturday at Jack Trice Stadium. Obviously, we've talked about this game quite a bit. What were your impressions, though? Um, <laughs> you can't really pick anything
0: that bad, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after kind of the, the same old song and dance that we saw in the Iowa game happened again in the Baylor game to maybe a little bit lesser extent. Um, they came out and the offense finally clicked, um, came up with a couple key turnovers, um, as well. Um, and I thought the, the part that I appreciated that Jay Jordan pointed out in his column too, is you can really see that the run game, like some of the things in the run game are starting to click. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be really big, uh, for the continued success the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that you, you're just seeing them start to develop an identity, mm-hmm. you know, where even, you know, I know that there's some people that they're like, oh, yeah, running for more yards and stuff, but it's because it's of the quarterback.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's yeah. great to have a quarterback that's a threat on the ground.
1: I loved when I think someone, man, I can't remember who it was that asked the question, but Coach Campbell said something like uh, uh, it, after the game on Saturday, he's like, he's like hey, quarterback run yards count, too, don't they? <laughs> and he's like, they count all the same. And yeah. he's like, okay, I just want to make sure we got that clear. And it was just really funny the way he said it because, uh, I mean, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but I know that there's some people out there that are those purists that want to see a thousand yard rushers, want to see like the, that.
0: the one one halfback carry the ball 30 times a game. Yeah. That kind of person. Yeah.
1: That just doesn't happen. I feel like that doesn't happen that much at all, just in college football in general. Mm hmm. You know? And
0: again, I think we were spoiled by three years at David Montgomery well, in yeah. that regard, too. Yeah.
1: But, like, even, like, right now, I think I could probably think of, like, two running backs that carry the ball, mm-hmm. just the predominant amount of the time. Like, there's no rotation whatsoever. It's just all one guy, mostly. Yeah. You know, I think that you can point to, obviously, Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could probably say Zach Moss at Utah. I think he's been banged up a little bit, but that's one guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard. But I don't think I could think, I guess now Puka, now that they had to get rid of Khalil Herbert. But I don't think I could even think of really that many running backs. It's like, yeah, that's the guy that when you're game planning for them, you're like, okay, yeah, here's who we focus on. It's this dude. Exactly.
0: And even though we've kind of seen Johnny Lang step up, especially this past game, um, I think we're not going to see them go to him completely. Mm -hmm. Like they're not going to go to him and have him be the sole running back. It's still going to be the kind of thing where they just go with the high hand.
1: Right. And I think, too, the thing that's interesting about, and this is what good offenses do when they scheme for quarterback runs, is I know that you know people talk about, oh, well, all those extra hits, all those extra hits, you're getting Brock hit more and more. But I don't feel like he ever gets hit that
0: hard. No, he's pretty good about, like, you know, um what what's the word like
1: <laughs> Well he's he's got a good wiggle. Yeah. And then uh I think he's just smart about knowing when okay, I've gotten as much as I can get, time to go out of bounds. Yeah. Or time to fall down. And he has a good sense of body awareness too. Well, in his like his uh touchdown to carry ratio is pretty good. It is. You know. Yeah. Where even i mean i guess even in that game on saturday he scored a touchdown and was 10 yards in, or 9 yards into the end zone and a guy pushed him down but yeah that was kind of i mean it, wasn't it was an like interesting a hard hit.
0: um on a couple of those plays they did just like run full on um quarterback power yeah um you i don't think we'd seen that yet this year well
1: that um, was a, yeah that, that was interesting to me too cuz that was like a, that was like full land ram mode it was you know and you figure if you're going to do that you might even think about putting real
0: mitchell in the game
1: he's more of like a a speed, east, yeah, east-west type runner.
0: But still, I mean, when you think running the ball, and if you want to keep pretty healthy, you know, if you have that concern in the back of your mind, then mm-hmm. you might, you might put it in the backup for that kind of, that kind of play.
1: See, and that's what I think is, is what make makes Brock an effective runner. It's not even his speed, it's not his like natural athletic ability. He's a good one cut runner. Yeah. And when there's a hole, he's really good at seeing the hole, hitting it, and then. Hitting it decisively enough, yeah. and then knowing like where where to go after that. Yeah. And I should
0: I should also add too, like I'm not saying that it should do this because it's obviously working with with Brock, yeah, um, and the fact that he's also a threat to pass on any any given play too, kind of takes the that um, additional mm-hmm. variance that you can throw against the defense. But anywho, it's been great. Uh, I I just really hope that the offense continues to do so well. I mean, what are they fourth in the nation at yards per play or something like that now?
1: Yeah, fourth in the nation in yards per play. Uh, like sixth nationally in passing, mm-hmm. top 15, I think, in total offense.
0: Yeah. So the uh, the people who thought we'd take a huge step back after losing Montgomery and Hakeem Butler were uh, very wrong. Are you talking to the Iowa fans? We're talking to basically anyone who's
1: not an Iowa State fan. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah. But I, I, I just think it's it's crazy because there are obviously so many new pieces that, or at least guys that are in new roles that they'd never been in before. Mm -hmm. and it's been so seamless you know yeah Uh, I mean obviously there's been some hiccups but
0: Dylan Sander's been doing a great job yeah Mm at the F position yep Um, I think you know as again as Jay Jordan pointed out Chase Allen has become a beast blocking and Mm -hmm. if he had a couple more pounds on him
1: he'd be a a complete animal right well and if their offense can play the way that they played against TCU they have they have the potential I think be just about Anybody yeah. that they're going to step out on the field with at least compete with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a team that could beat Texas, could yep. hang around with Oklahoma. You know.
0: Yep. And because I think at like the defense has gotten to the point where at its worst the defense is like completely average. Yeah. At its absolute bottom line. But I mean, if you combine the, a good day with the defense and a good day with the offense, Iowa State can beat
1: anyone in the nation. I would think. Yeah. Outside, sure. outside of maybe Clemson and Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Ohio State looks pretty damn good, too. They do. I mean, yeah. they they might even be better than Clemson is right now, mm-hmm. uh, at least from from what I've seen. We'll turn the page now to Iowa State's game on Saturday in Morgantown against the West Virginia Mountaineers. I want to remind you guys, join us this Saturday for our second game watch of the season with our friends from Wide Right and Natty Light. We'll be camped out at Whiskey River in Ankeny as the Cyclones take on West Virginia at 3 p.m. for a pivotal Big 12 road game. Whiskey River will offer... Beer bucket specials plus free shots of apple pie for every Iowa State touchdown scored. If that doesn't sound like a death sentence, I don't know what is. Kickoff is, this Saturday is at 3 p.m. for the Cyclones in West Virginia. Join CF and Wide Right and Natty Light at Whiskey River in Ankeny.
0: And those free apple pie shots, that's, that is is uh, very dangerous.
1: <sighs> yeah, the... Um, I, I'm pretty confident that it'll go better than the last time we did the free apple pie shots thing.
0: <laughs> Which game? I know that that happened last year, and Iowa State like didn't end up scoring a touchdown that entire game. Yeah, it was a Texas game. Okay, that was probably a bad game to roll out that promotion, just knowing how good Texas's defense was.
1: Yeah, but uh, this one, it's okay. We still had plenty of alcohol.
0: <laughs> Don't worry. People could end up getting pretty uh, plastered at this event. I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I would not be shocked to see Iowa State scored a multitude of touchdowns. Would you say
0: – I'm going to go on record and say Iowa State scores five touchdowns.
1: Five touchdowns. That's five free apple pie shots from Whiskey River and Ankeny at the Cyclone Fanatic. And wide right now you like Game Watch. Yeah. Five apple pie shots. Plus the you know the beer you're going to be sipping on. I feel like we need to like contact Uber and see if we can get some sort of promo code for <laughs> this weekend. That would be wise. And very generous of Cyclone Fanatic. If you're not – hey, if you – are not currently signed up for Uber, I'll send you a promo code. Get me some free rides. (laughs) You shall. Oh, boy. I'm just throwing out that possibility, (laughs) you know, if anybody is looking for a free ride uh, from Uber for the cycle that I came watch on (laughs) Saturday with our friends from Wide Right and Natty Light. But, no, I think that this game, you know, I want to be confident, but at the same time, Morgantown is a tough place to play, and they have shown some signs of life.
0: Yeah, last week's game against Texas was kind of the first one where they didn't look like they were having major issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the final score was like a 11-point loss. Um, and they were able to score, you know, I think two or three touchdowns against that Texas defense.
1: Yeah, I don't know how good that Texas defense is, though. They're I mean, li- Did you know they're last in the league in pass defense? I don't think the LSU game really helped them very much, but... So they're last in the conference and passing. And
0: is that, is that factoring in every game this year? Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Obviously they still have the athletes though. So you figure if it's, if it's the kind of thing where they um, are struggling scheme wise, then they can get that short
1: up. Well, yeah. if, If there's anybody that I trusted to fix that besides John Haycock in the big 12, it would probably be Todd Orlando. Yeah. But anyway, West Virginia,
0: um, Is there anything that sticks out to you about that team that um, Cyclone fans need to know about? Or is it like, because for me, like, I I watched a little bit of that Texas game and there's nothing that they do particularly well. I think they're just kind of like a baseline border. um, I don't know what you call them.
1: I don't know that there's a team in the league that when we're watching them, it'll be more, I've never heard of that guy before (laughs) than in this game because uh obviously Greer's gone Sills is gone yeah well. I mean just pure attrition they had like 15 guys transfer out during the spring oh
0: that's right they had a bunch of attrition didn't they Bo- yeah both them in the basketball program man something, yeah it, something about that water in Morgantown
1: but that's what I'm saying like there's a whole bunch of dudes that I feel like we're gonna be watching the game and it's like man I've never heard of that person before
0: yeah um Oklahoma transfer Austin Kendall Austin their, yeah their Austin Kendall
1: starting quarterback uh I believe he's thrown three touchdowns and seven interceptions this season. Uh very good ratio. Yeah, <laughs> I think they run the ball predominantly, from what I kay. what I've read. They have that that Petway guy.
0: I think he might be the only other name um, at running back that I know on their entire roster. Yeah, I I really don't know very much about West Virginia. I do follow the um, West Virginia SB Nation blog, Smoking Musket. They're a great follow if you don't follow them on Twitter. Very funny.
1: Yeah, I. I like I said, I I want to be confident. I feel like Iowa State will go in there and handle business and hopefully win rather easily. But it's also Morgantown, mm-hmm. and they've only won once in Morgantown.
0: It's kind of the reputation that Ames has. Like teams from outside, you know, no weird things go on in Ames.
1: And yeah. it's kind of the same thing in Morgantown. Morgantown sounds like just an all around awful place. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> have you
0: you haven't been to Morgantown? No, I've, on your
1: travels, no.
0: I feel like, um, from the stories I've heard, just talking to friends who have been there, it's unlike anywhere else in the big 12. Obviously that's kind of makes sense just because it's a different part of the country, Uh but it's it's just like isolated from, you know, civilization in a way.
1: See, I was going to say, I feel like West Virginia and Morgantown is very similar to Washington state and Pullman. Just the fact Mm -hmm. that they are really like Pullman is out in the middle of nowhere. Kind of a rural, um, predominant feeling. Yeah. Like even with Ames, like Des Moines is still only 30 minutes away, you know. You're yeah. not in the middle of middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know. Like I I, I is Pittsburgh the closest? Yeah, if you go when you city? go to Morgantown, you got to fly to Pittsburgh and then drive to Morgantown. Yeah. And
0: what is isn't it like a 2-hour drive or something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. So, it it truly is uh quite a ways to get out there.
1: Like that's what when I think of Manhattan, Manhattan is the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Literally. You are not close to anything. I mean, any like major cities, I guess Topeka, maybe you yeah. could, you could say, but you could drive around and in, in can in the area of Kansas that Manhattan is in. And you could drive for like hours on back roads and never see another person. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it similar for Lubbock? I've never been to Lubbock. So okay. I'm, uh, I'm, just trying I'm, to think I'm sure that it, I, I have a a feeling that it probably is. I'm just trying to get West Texas, other big 12 towns that kind of are in the middle of nowhere, but is Stillwater kind of in the middle of nowhere? Um, I couldn't tell you I've been. Yeah, I don't know.
0: We need someone with more experience than us. Maybe a Rob Gray. I don't know if Rob's ever been those places during his long career.
1: Well, I know he's been to Manhattan. I've been to Manhattan. Yes. But uh, I don't know that he's ever been to Stillwater. I'm, I'm pretty confident he's never been to Morgantown. Chris has been pretty much everywhere, hasn't he? Yeah, I know Chris has been to Morgantown. Yeah. The analogy he used on the radio last night was that it's like, uh, you're flying into Moscow to fight Ivan Drago.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, so, Iowa State,
1: Iowa State's the, I wouldn't say we're the Rocky, though. Like, we're not the underdog in this, in this time. No, I, I, Iowa State is pretty squarely, squarely the favorite. Yeah. In this game. 14 points, I think, isn't it? 10 uh, points I or something. think so. Yeah. yeah. Almost two touchdowns. But I don't know. I, I think it'll be a, it, they always end up being good games, it seems like. Yeah.
0: Um, it's 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 kind of scares me. Uh, obviously, what you pointed out about just being Morgantown and the fact that everyone seems to be, oh yeah, Iowa State's going to win this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah,
1: for sure. Reminder: Saturday, 3 p.m. at Whiskey River in Ankeny. Game watch with Cyclone Fanatic and Wide Right and Natty Light. Are you going go to go the game watch?
0: Um, I have it penciled on my calendar that I'll probably do the Oklahoma
1: one for okay. sure. Okay. Still TBD for this one. So that one is the first weekend in. November. November. Yep. Or second weekend in November, I guess. Yes. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stands and Fits presented by the Professional NBA Program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Welcome back to Stands and Fits on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Time for Hot and Not. All right, I'm curious what your hot is this week, so how about you lead it off? My hot is Scotch Pods. You must not have seen on Twitter last night, there was a video that was tweeted out by the like world-renowned Scotch whiskey company, uh, Glenlivet, which is like a Scottish whiskey, I think. Mm-hmm. They have created a thing where it is scotch inside of what looks like a Tide Pod uh, made out of seaweed that they serve it to you on this little like wooden thing and there's three different kinds of it and they set it down and you you take it and you literally eat it and that's how you take your shot. This is like a famous, this is like like you know best whiskey type shit in the world that you can get yeah and they're doing this like goofy <sighs> thing where you take a so is this an actual shot. is
0: this like a a, a, a fake like drum up media attention
1: kind of thing no or it is, sounds like it's a real thing
0: so when i when you say seaweed that like makes me think of sushi so it's, it's kind of like a sushi looking thing
1: no they're clear they're, oh. it's like i don't know I don't so know. It, it truly is a it, tide pod it looks just like a tide pod but it's liquor Man. colored
0: huh and it's all completely edible, huh?
1: Yeah, imagine a Tide Pod, and instead of
0: being... <laughs> yeah, purple and or white. No, yeah, and
1: being blue, uh, white, and orange, yeah. it's just, like, whiskey brown.
0: Wow. So how, how how much do these go for, do you know?
1: No, I, it doesn't look like they're on sale in the United oh. States yet, but there's some bar in,
0: <laughs> Europe, in Europe
1: that has them, yeah. Uh, and it's like the future. That is the future. But I don't know that that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> makes Um, me
0: wonder how, because I mean, if you think it's edible, like how durable is, are one of these pods? Like, are they pretty... Well, and how quickly does it dissolve? Yeah. You know? Like you just sit there
1: for like five minutes waiting for the stuff to dissolve in your mouth or... Well, that's what I thought because whiskey and scotch like is meant to be sipped, you know, not, it's not like you take your shot of Glenlivet. Exactly. So when I saw that and I saw the size of them, I was like, man, that's like a full shot of (laughs) Glenn like you don't, I don't think you would want to take that.
0: No, you wouldn't be able to enjoy it if it's a good whiskey or scotch or whatever.
1: Well, I would think it'd be super overpowering because yeah. that's like strong stuff. Yeah, and it, yeah, and like you said, you're supposed to sip it and like really enjoy the the flavors. See, like, not that I would enjoy those flavors, but that's in theory what you're supposed to do. And then this is like, I'm going to eat six scotch pods and get really, really drunk real quick. Yeah. Like the concept of a, of an alcoholic pod makes
0: more sense to me. Like if it's a, of an alcohol that you typically blend with a, with a cocktail, like if you just want to throw in like an orange juice and like, you know, a vodka, throw, throw a vodka in your orange juice. And you want to
1: like make a mixed drink real fast. Holy shit. Dude, this is like a, just did you just revolutionize <laughs> something here? Did you just come up with an invention? I did. We need to delete this from the podcast. Yeah, this is uh, a <laughs> what what's the what's the word confidential information right now? Yeah, I feel like we need to contact uh, an industrial engineer at Iowa State. Yeah, and get to work on this. This could be our million dollar idea. Wouldn't that be brilliant though? Like like you don't have to measure out anything. You can just throw it in a glass and yeah, you just buy like you know say you buy a... I don't know that a bag would be the right thing, but like a yeah. you know like a little case yeah and it's got 10 pods in it or something like that so then yeah you want to have a nice screwdriver at the end of the night you don't want to uh you know you don't want to have the volatility Mm -hmm. of whether or not you're actually going to pour the correct amount in there you just drop your pod in. it's just like laundry dude yeah dude oh my god here's another thing like
0: what if like the 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 coating like the the seaweed or whatever it is like you can like add like flavors to that too like you can make a cherry flavored one to like add a little bit of something you can make a uh, strawberry flavored, watermelon. The possibilities are endless here.
1: Man, my mind is blown. <laughs> my mind is. Doesn't that blown. sound feasible though? Yes, like if they, this is like this, if they can actually do that with Glenlivet, then surely they can do it with like vodka and stuff like that. At first, I thought that this thing was ridiculous, but I think that they're just trying to utilize it the wrong way. Yeah, I mean that it doesn't sound like the best application for it. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that this is a way better application for this invention, and you know. I hate to say it, but maybe Ty had, was on to something, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, if we're sitting here six months from now and someone comes out with this, we're going to take credit for
1: it. Yeah. I feel like we have to. Yeah. We have to.
0: Like mark this day in history on Stands and Fits, October 9th or whatever it is right now. Um, we, we, we call dibs on the idea. Call, yeah, dibs. call dibs.
1: Yeah. Patent that's, pending. That's like a legally binding thing. We we'll, call dibs. We'll file the patent tonight. Yeah. There we go. We don't have a prototype. We don't have anything. We just have an idea. Intellectual property. That's right. All right. What's yours? Man, I can't. I, can't, I feel like everything
0: from here on down, the rest of the pod is going to be a letdown after that. All right. Um. My hot is Snoop Dogg of Kansas. I think everyone kind of knows this by now. Snoop Dogg performed at their edition to Midnight Madness. Um, and obviously, along with him, he brought some um, very... Um, stripper looking women who had poles. They were strippers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure positive
1: they were actual strippers. Yeah, no, there's no like stripper. They were just strippers.
0: And, and <sighs> stripper poles. They had like money shooting uh, cannons. Yeah. Uh, or something along those lines. And of course, this is all coming at the same time where they're basically, you know, under a whole bunch of accusations from the FBI and NCAA and whatnot. Well, not so. even
1: the FBI. Like, literally had just gotten a notice of allegations <laughs> from the NCAA. Yeah. So.
0: Very odd timing to have that happen at your Midnight Madness event. The
1: it's just so weird to me because they say, like Jeff Long came out and is like, "We're so sorry that this happened." You know, we wanted him to do this radio-friendly show. It's Snoop Dogg. Have you ever listened to a Snoop Dogg radio-edited song? Then, like every pr- props every other, to you. every other word is bleeped out. You might as well, like it might as well at that point be. We're going to have Snoop Dogg here. He's going to sit on the floor and we're going to play his instrumentals. And then like we're all just going to chill out and vibe, do his instrumentals. Yeah. And in which case you're still going to get Snoop Dogg because he's probably still going to be partaking in the activities that he would take in, partake in no matter what.
0: Absolutely. And you know, it's Snoop Dogg kind of thing. Even if you were going to go listen to the instrumentals and that was the plan, Snoop Dogg would still take over and go above and beyond.
1: Yeah. That's just who he is. And it, like the way they announced it where it's Bill self in a record store with a huge Adidas logo on his shirt and a gold chain yeah I was like when I first saw that I was like man dude they' there's they' they're not even like they don't even care anymore they don't and or the, I don't know if it's that they don't care anymore if they're or if they are so ignorant that they don't realize how stupid what they're doing looks and I feel like Bill self is too self aware to understand like but I guess I read this article, too, where he stayed for literally like one song and saw the stripper poles come out. And he was like, yeah, I'm getting <laughs> out of here before this goes south. I've heard stories that a lot of stories that Bill Self is
0: like really watching everything he does. And you know, obviously that kind of makes sense. With well, clearly he'd clearly not. <laughs> but I mean, it just it's it, it lines up if he heard one song, saw the strippers and was like, oh, I'm bouncing.
1: That's just not a thing. Because Adidas is the one that got Snoop Dogg to come here mm-hmm. or come to Lawrence. Like, oh really? That was how, yeah. Because he's a, an Adidas sponsored ath- or you know artist. Yep. And uh, there was a story that came out like the week before Late Night at the Fog that uh, Adidas was the huge reason that Snoop Dogg was coming to Lawrence, which is you know yeah whatever. Weird time to be asking Adidas to go and pull strings for you. Yeah. I think.
0: Um, and if you're Kansas, how do you not like do the due diligence of making sure nothing w- like what happened happened?
1: Well, and it's just so ridiculous to me, too, that because of this company <clears throat> and people that worked there, there's multiple people sitting in prison over this whole entire thing. And Kansas is just out here having Snoop Dogg concerts and then trying to act like they didn't know what they were going to get from a Snoop Dogg concert. And it doesn't make sense to me either because... I've been to Allen Fieldhouse. The people that go to games at Allen Fieldhouse are old. Yeah. Old. I mean, it's a hard place to get into. Mm. So I understand what they are trying to do with this. Cause they want to get a bunch of kids like from the school to come out and come to the event and make it more of a thing, you yeah. know? And the reality of it is, is that their fan base, the Kansas basketball actual fan base, not the students. Yeah. Is a, is an older group. They'd be better off booking the Eagles or someone like that. Well, yeah. Apparently, self wanted them to get Darius Rucker and Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> there you go. Think about two different ends of the spectrum.
0: Yeah. Um, honestly, those are like complete opposites as far as like family friendliness.
1: I imagine that they started having meetings about this thing, and they're like, "Coach, do you have any input on who you'd like to come?" And he's like, "Y'all, uh, y'all ever heard of that that uh, that group, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish? <laughs> are they torn still? Yeah." freaking kansas man it's like but but hey we we can't get snoop dog he's like snoop dog same thing I book him yeah get him, <laughs> get him let's go yeah i don't know it's just that's so ridiculous and yeah. the way that they've reacted to it they just look like idiots yeah i'm not mad about it i don't feel bad for him <laughs> all right what's your not this week my not's the weather the weather sucks hate the weather it's cold again another it's gonna get colder
0: yeah another delay on a. Uh, Against TCU,
1: I wasn't even talking about that. I was just saying in general.
0: Oh, like, dude, I like that it's finally getting a little chilly. This bit is chillier.
1: the most depressing time of the year.
0: No, 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 no. The most depressing time of the year is when it's zero degrees outside for a full month straight. Like right now, when you, when it's sweatshirt hoodie weather, that's that's like ah, it's not ninety degrees outside every day.
1: I can enjoy it, but it's disappointing just because you know what we're. I feel like we never got a mild season this year. We went from one end of the spectrum to the other. It's, I mean, it's not too bad out these last few days. It's been like in the 60s. It was like 90 last week or like early last week. Yeah,
0: but, I'm, but I'm, like give it another few weeks. There's still chance for a mild season.
1: You're jumping the gun here a little bit, I think. I'm just telling you, like, I feel cheated. I feel like Mother Nature cheated me out of a good time of year.
0: I do I do feel like, though, if you're already stressing over all the cold and snow that's coming, then that's kind of like the same thing of, you know,
1: being depressed because it's Sunday. It's Sunday morning, I'm depressed I have to go to work tomorrow. That's not depressed. That's called the Sunday scaries and they are a real thing. Sunday scaries. Don't you dare no. shame people for the Sunday scaries. Sunday scaries are overrated. As soon as as soon as they kick off on the Sunday night game and I get through the high of the <laughs> Collinsworth slide. <laughs> yeah, that beautiful bastard in his slide. I'm immediately it's like it just hits you. My eyes get wide and I'm like, "Oh crap, tomorrow's Monday." I didn't do enough work this weekend, man. I gotta catch up tomorrow morning.
0: See, man, if, if you worry, then you're suffering twice, man.
1: Well, I worry for like five minutes, and then the game gets good, and then I'm like, all right, well, I'll worry about that later. Mm-hmm. That's a problem for tomorrow, Jared. <laughs> Fair enough. I went to I went to the Sunday night game on Sunday, and oh really? I missed the Collinsworth slide, and it's. One of the great disappointments in my life.
0: Oh, that's right. You, you, I saw photos on Instagram. Yeah. You were at the chiefs game, weren't you? I was. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. How was that?
1: Uh, I was all right. I had to sit in a different section from my friends. Oh, uh, because they got their tickets like before. And then my best friend was back from Denver Yep. and he's a big chiefs fan. So he was like, Hey, you want to go to the game with us? Mm. I said, yeah, I'll get a ticket. Got a ticket. And, um, then so we all were having fun in the lots and stuff. can like Arrowhead's awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome place huge, to, huge to parking to lots, games. man. Yeah, huge parking lots. It's a really fun place to go to games. And we got inside the stadium and then I'm sitting up there with these like random people that I don't know. And it was a boring ass game. Chiefs weren't scoring any points. The Colts just ran the ball over and over and over again. I was, t- I just was like, man, I don't want to watch this anymore. So I basically went and like at, at halftime, I went and talked to my friends for a while. And then during the third quarter, I went down to like the Chiefs Hall of Fame mm. and I walked around down there and just like looked all through there because on the lower level, you can see out onto the field. Yep. So I was kind of watching the game halfway and then kind of just like walking around in their Hall of Fame. And then um, my phone was going to die and I knew I would need it to find my friends after the game. Mm. Most professional stadiums have a place that you can charge your phone. You know? Yeah. I feel like that's not something that's too much to ask for. Yeah. Some small tables or like some sort of device where people can go and plug their phone in. So I went, I walked all around the stadium trying to find one, couldn't find it. Finally went to guest services and I was like, yo, is there a place I can charge my phone? They said, yeah, there's a table, two seconds now. I was like, okay, cool. So I walked down there, didn't find it, wasn't there. Walked past two, three more times trying to find it. Finally, after like the fourth time I did that, I realized he had told me it was the wrong direction. So then I went back and then the table was completely full and it was like two lines deep to be able to get up and charge your phone. Uh, And the people that were already there had been there the entire game. This is like halfway through the third quarter at this point. So all these people are waiting for the spot at the table and they're just hogging the entire thing. And they're like, no, we're like still charging our phone. So they're just being assholes. Yeah. Uh, I finally went back and I was like, is there another one? anywhere in the stadium they're like yeah they move every game we don't know where they're at (laughs) dang I was like okay that's annoying so you basically didn't
0: get to enjoy the second half of the game
1: yeah I mean the game wasn't that enjoyable anyway if we're being completely honest but uh, so I went from the lower level all the way back up to the third level where my seats originally were walked all the way or I went first to where my friends were sitting walked all the way around there and then I was like right back underneath where I had been sitting because I was at like, and probably like the tenth to last row, uh, and I climbed up the spirals. Like anybody that's ever been there, there's the the ramps, the spiral ramps. Get back up there. I'm about to go back to my seats. I'm gonna give up tables right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody else. Nobody else there. So I was like, hey. I mean it could have been worse. You could Should have, have not. just came back to my seat to begin with. Yeah, you could have not found one at all. But <laughs> that's just how life works right there. Yeah, I probably got about two thousand steps in <laughs> walking around the stadium just trying to find this place to charge my phone. Well, hey, I'm sure you had beverages in the parking lot. You burned off a couple of those doing your walk. Yes. So beverages were had. Can <laughs> can confirm that is a fact.
0: Uh so did you did you get back and had to get up early Monday morning or did you get to sleep in a little bit?
1: Uh yeah. We got back at like Four uh, Monday morning, and then I woke up at my normal time, and thankfully Jeff agreed to push the podcast back to noon. Nice. So didn't have to get in here quite as early, but mm-hmm. uh, did not really get much sleep, much more sleep than I normally. Well, <laughs> I did not sleep in any later than I normally would because my friend left at like seven thirty. Yeah, he went back to Denver. On, so was that the first Monday?
0: Um, was that the first? game you had seen in Arrowhead of a Chiefs matchup?
1: Uh, no, I had been to, I went to the Chiefs Raiders game a couple of years ago and then I had gone to like a preseason game with my dad at some point. And then okay. my uncle lives in Kansas city. So I had gone to a game like when, uh, when they were really rolling there in the early two thousands with, uh, priest Holmes, Trent Brian, green, Brian greasy. No, no Trent green. Oh, Trent green. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry. And, um, but it was when Dante Hall was in the middle of his crazy streak of uh, punt returns, punt and kick returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were playing the Broncos, and he had a – and it was the – like, if you went and looked up Dante Hall punt return and arrowhead, this would literally be the number one, like, you know, search. Wow. Uh, thing. That's cool. And, um, yeah, I was at that game. That was the first one I'd ever been to. But other than that, I think I'd only ever been to one other game there, and that was, like, the 2000 and. I want to say 2007, 2006, Big 12 championship game. Yep. It was an enjoyable one. <laughs> There's about a foot of snow on the
0: ground in the stands. It's always nice to play those Northern uh, championship games. Yeah, this outdoors. guy, uh,
1: there was a guy that was, it was Nebraska and Oklahoma. People yeah. probably won't remember that. What? Well, Iowa State wasn't in the Big 12 no, championship was, I was, but uh, there was this guy sitting in front of us. There was a group of like four college kids that were sitting in front of us. They'd had some fun in the tailgate lots. Let me tell you that. Uh, one of them slept through the entire game while his friends stood and berated him uh, and told him and the favorite my favorite line that I've ever heard you know when a guy's just making fun of his friends and I I'm waiting for a day when I can use this on one of my friends is I was like 10 when this would happen but for some reason I remember like it was yesterday one guy got down in his face and he said you're gonna sleep in the bathtub tonight and while you're doing it we're going to cheesecake (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's hilarious. And the guy just like <laughs> It was so like the way he said it was so serious. Yeah. You know? He knew that this was really gonna hurt his friend. Yeah. And the his friend like had been like this the entire time. And he looked up and he was like, <laughs> Man. Oh. And just ducked his head back down. And it was just He really wanted to go Cheesecake. That's what I am saying. Like his he knew that his friends were gonna really like Go to Cheesecake just to spite him oh, for law. getting so drunk in the at the game.
0: That's hilarious. I, I, can, I can envision that scenario, and the person saying that line, I'm sure was completely serious and not trying to joke at all. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. It was yeah. one of those things where, like to people on the outside, it, would lo- it looked hilarious, yeah. you know, but I can imagine being him, and being mad at your friend, and you're like, I'm gonna just try and say something super mean to him right now, yeah. and that's like the meanest thing that you could possibly come up with in your inebriated, in, yeah, in your drunken state. Yeah. It's just like, I know that this is really gonna hurt my friend. <laughs> Man, that's funny. This was before the days of Uber, but I assume that they
0: got a cab to cheesecake. It's great that that's at one of least your, I hope that they did. That's one of your lasting memories from from that experience.
1: Well, the game wasn't much, <laughs> wasn't very memorable. So yeah. All right, what's your knot? All right, now that um, I've gone on a long rant about mine, <laughs> my knot—it's kind of a lukewarm,
0: um, both exciting and not exciting. Um, the exciting part is, hey, I got selected for in the Ryder Cup tickets lottery, which you know the Ryder Cup next year, 2020, it'll be at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin, so within driving distance for those of us here in Iowa, which is great. Could be end up being Tiger Woods' last Ryder Cup um, here in the United States, so could be pretty big in that regard um so it was exciting to see that i was technically selected in the lottery but then however upon going to twitter basically i find out that everyone who (laughs) applied this year basically
1: got you know selected in the lottery so. so then you still probably wouldn't get tickets i mean like what do you mean like what, do you, what do you mean that everybody... Was there just not that many people that well, requested them? It, it's No,
0: I think it's the kind of thing where... I don't know if they're just letting a bunch of people in or what. But I mean, I'm used to applying to the Masters mm-hmm. ticket lottery every year. And of course, getting rejected because those are right. so hard to come by. So it was like, it was like a, a nice change of pace to get selected for this. However, I think they are way less selective than the Masters are. So it's not tr- truly that exciting.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I would not... But I mean? never think that it would be harder to go to the Ryder Cup than it is yeah. to go to the Masters. But I mean,
0: I, I am very pumped about getting the opportunity to try to buy those tickets because I think we're probably going to shoot to hopefully my parents and my wife and me will go up on, I think, Saturday or at least attempt to go up Saturday.
1: I feel like even the sporting event, like of all the sporting events that exist, that's probably the one that's the most exclusive to get tickets to. Super Bowl tickets are hard to get, but that's just because they're really expensive. Rider Cup man I feel like the last few
0: Ryder Cups especially have just gotten uh very raucous and like energy I mean, like I don't know for whatever reason the the golfers who are in the circuit now like you think about like Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed like those guys have just gotten really um pumped about the rivalry so it's getting to be more of an exciting event than it has even in past years I Yeah man I, yeah I agree
1: I agree You big golf fan you Yeah you, you know me Yep love love me the, <laughs> the Ryder, Ryder Cup <laughs> All right, all right. Time for underrated
0: underdogs. All right, uh, mine this week. Unfortunately, I lost last week. You won. Uh, you
1: picked Baylor last week, and they they beat up on the Wildcats. Shout out to the Bears. Jaylor's a huge Baylor fan. Shout out to him. My underrated underdog this week. I now have a two to five, two and five lead. I, or two a and four. One game lead in the yes underrated underdog standings. I think that my like average losses are probably exponentially more catastrophic. Yes. Just is ter- in terms of point differential. Hmm. Uh, but you've gotten a couple wins. Yeah, but I've gotten more wins, and that's all that matters. And I'm going to get win number three this weekend. Win number 24, 24, sorry, it's almost at number 25. 24, Virginia goes on the road to Miami to take on the Miami Hurricanes. They are two point dogs. Good pick. I don't have much to say about either of those teams. I don't think Miami's very good. So I, I, when I saw it, uh, I think Miami's you know, been perpetually overrated since they were good in the, in the 2000s yeah uh the only other game that i looked at and i know that it's not yours that i so that's Mm why i'll i'll say something about it yep uh is iowa at home yep three Uh, and a half point dogs thought about that too
0: but it's so hard to pick them even though they're at home just because of how they looked against michigan yeah and i I do think penn state's a better team than michigan
1: i can't pick them just purely based on those uniforms (laughs) oh yeah they're wearing the banana uniforms aren't they yeah i can't can't uh
0: that's going to be so ugly.
1: I can't get put any of my weight behind that. Yeah. All
0: right, what's yours? Mine, I, I stole what could have been your pick, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, plus seven and a half points on the road at Minnesota. Minnesota, I think he's better this year. However, um, it just wouldn't surprise me to see Nebraska go on the road and kind of, I mean, they won a, they won a uh, close game last week. Uh, wasn't it like a last-second field goal against Northwestern? It was. So uh, back on the winning track.
1: And I think, Adrian Martinez is hurt. Oh, is he? Yeah, I don't I think oh. I saw that he would practice
0: today, but I don't know. So uh I mean technically if they're if Vegas is factoring that at all, the uncertainty there, then maybe Nebraska would be a little bit closer in the spread. You don't know. hmm So
1: Nebraska's own Noah Vedrill, step on up, starting quarterback potentially. Is he uh, any good? Yeah, he's pretty good. He actually was at UCF with the staff and then transferred back. I think he's like from I wanna say he's from grand island or something like that somewhere okay. kind of out further to the so he followed west. he technically was recruited by scott frost then yeah he was recruited by scott frost and i think he could have walked on at nebraska like with the riley staff mm-hmm. and then ended up going to central florida and then transferred back when the frost staff came gotcha to lincoln
0: so yeah you say he's pretty good obviously probably not adrian martinez good though
1: no i mean i i think that but he's been in the system for three years. Like he at least knows what he's doing. There you go. That's generally what I would expect. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a um, probably not the as high of a ceiling, but you know more of a game manager. Yeah, the floor of- probably isn't overly low either. I got um, you. But yeah, their kicker that kicked the game winner for him, uh, converted safety, was a scholarship kicker at Air Force, transferred to Nebraska. He's from he's like from McCook or something like that, some crazy town in Nebraska, and uh, he was a a safety and then they don't have any kickers. So they converted him from safety back to kicker. And this was like his second game kicking. Wow. So are the kickers just all hurt? Uh, yeah, they have one kicker that's hurt. Um, or like their main kicker has some leg issue, like a hip thing that he can't get figured out. And then, uh, their punter was the guy who kicked in the Colorado game, and he was just a really—he's a punter. He's not a, yeah. a place kicker. Huh. This they know Alex Henry out here, like, you know, back <laughs> in the day. Uh, they don't make him like him all the time, but uh, he was really bad at place kicking, so they went and got this guy. They literally had tryouts for, from the club soccer team trying to get guys. It was like—yeah, it, it's like those things I talk about on ESPN where they're like, yeah, they had to— you know, they had to have a ba- a basketball tryout because they had all these guys injured. They only had six guys on the team. Yeah. You know, and this is the dude who came out and won King of the Court. So now he's on the team. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. What a what a world. Um, all right. Last reminder. Saturday, come join us at Whiskey River in Ankeny. Us and Wide Right Natty Light uh, for the Cyclone Fanatic Game Watch. Hopefully that you will... Hopefully there will be so many touchdowns scored that you will drink enough apple pie shots
0: that you'll need an Uber for the ride home
1: that your best friend will look you dead in the eyes and say, (laughs) you're sleeping in the bathtub tonight and we're going to cheesecake. Well played. And then October 17th at the district venue connected to whiskey river in Ankeny. If you really want to be at the party, I'm just saying party's always packed. You know, if you want to guarantee your spot at the party, what you need to do is you need to come to the Cyclone Fanatic Game Watch on Saturday, hop your ass in line, and wait until Thursday (laughs) for the Cyclone Fanatic kickoff or tip-off party next Thursday, October 17th, at the district venue in Ankeny. I think that's everything, isn't it? I believe so. All right, we will talk to you guys again soon. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Beat the Mountaineers. Peace.